microphones and make a podcast. Two microphones and you make a podcast. Hi, this is Joyce. And this is Mary Beth. Welcome to the Modern Yoga Podcast. Today's guest has more yoga clothes than anyone else I know. <laughs> and looks cuter in them. <laughs> Amanda Hatfield, welcome to the podcast. Hi, everyone. Amanda's one of our teachers. One of our it's funny to call you a newer teacher because you have so much experience uh in the fitness world. Um, but you're fairly new to yoga teaching and she has well the podcast audience can't see this but Amanda has a few cats we'll talk about that in a moment one of them is is joint has joined <laughs> wagging <laughs> wagging the tail in her face so cute so a massage. <laughs> let's start with the cat how many cats do you have are you a crazy cat lady uh you know I didn't ask for that it's um I don't know how it all I know how it all happens but yeah I have 11 right now um, I have one outside that's trying to get in and I'm trying to keep him there. I bought him a house. He has a little feral house with some straw in it. And a condo with it. a pool and a hot tub. I wish. Yeah. Now he's just got the basic necessities. Um, but I, the problem is I also have a possum that comes, a raccoon that comes and a field mouse. So, and a skunk on occasion. So that's the problem I had last winter or two. I've, I was leaving a warmed house out and some food and the big fat, raccoons and stuff kept coming instead. So I, I had to put it away to dissuade them. And I don't know. I, know. I, I love them all though. Maybe I need to put three houses out. Maybe I need to get three and they'll know which one's theirs. I don't know. I don't know, I don't know do if they'll be it. good neighbors to each other though. Well, actually I have video of it. I put a camera out because I need to know what's going on back there. So I had mm -hmm. last night, the kitten was it eating and then the possum came up and they just switched, you know, the cat left and the possum took over. So I just have to keep mm. refilling bowls. That's all. What's yeah. preventing you from bringing the kitten in? Because I have 11. <laughs> like word got right. out somehow. Someone was she like, she has yeah. a man named Joe that is not a cat lover, right? Except for the cats. He's, that... oh, mm -mm, he's like my husband. He pretends he doesn't, he doesn't love them, but then you <laughs> catch them doing the baby talk to the animal's he, face. The, the newest one he sleeps with. It's in his room. He moved mm. it to his because it has to, that one has to be separated. He has a feline leukemia, which is uh, not, they can't, you can't fix that. It's something that you have for life. And sometimes mm -hmm. it can like go in, it's kind of like um, adults, like, like a, a human HIV. It's kind of like mm -hmm. that. Um, so he could, I forget what it's called. It's um, kind of like in remission kind of, but he still has it, but he can pass it mm -hmm. to the other cat. So we're keeping him separated until I'm going to test him again when he's about a year old and see where we're at. If he tests negative, then he can come around. But the only way he could transfer it then is, uh, I think, a deep or no, through blood transfusion. That's the only way he could transfer. So obviously, we're not doing that. Mm -hmm. but, um, so we'll see. But right now, he has to be in a room by himself. And it's kind of sad. But he's super cute. But yeah, he's another one. Showed up in my backyard about, I think, July or so. Do you yeah, think so people that. bring kittens to your backyard because they know? I don't know. No, he was hanging around the neighborhood because her Facebook page was posting pictures of him. 
and you know, uh, amateurs were trying to catch him. <laughs> and he came and you're like, <laughs> move over. I've got this. <laughs> this cat is hilarious. You said his name is Cooper. Cooper, yeah, yeah. I just I have just a snowstorm of cat hair everywhere right now because he. I have to massage him, or he'll get on the keys and, and shut us all down. Is he your computer cat? Yes, definitely. <laughs> Do you have? Well, as I said to the kids. <laughs> What was that? As I said to the kids this weekend, it's better to have animals and kids than nice furniture. So that's that. Well, you can't have both. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anytime I'm sitting down, which isn't very often this one, he knows it's time. He's got to jump up there before I move again. So he's like, oh, she's sitting. She must want to pet me. <laughs> yeah. You're not a sitter downer. You're a doer. Yeah. Unfortunately. I wish I was a sitter downer sometimes. I'll be a oh. sitter downer for you. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so tell us. There's about- a song by my, um, you know, my favorite songwriter, Lori McKenna. There's a song called A Mother Never Rests. And the one line in it that really brings such an image to me for for people like you are, uh, she never sits for a minute. She's a hummingbird in the living room. Right. You're like always buzzing around whatever right, you're right. doing or cleaning or fixing or making. I like that analogy. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I was thinking usually people who you describe that way, not you specifically, but are, you know, just in general are like busy bodies in a way of like being all up in everybody's business, kind of like mm-hmm. doing things to, to know what's going on. And I feel like Amanda's just, you're not like the that. Opposite. You're, you're oh, I don't like, have time for that. Right. <laughs> I have 12 litter boxes. And um, <laughs> a, a few that pee where they want. So I have to stay on top of that. So yet I don't have time for other people's business. <laughs> so one thing that cracks me up You're about you or, or or did when I learned what was going on is like, we'll, and we'll talk about all this, but Amanda and her husband. Um, yeah, we just, we're not married. We just call each other that. I mean, what, yeah. what else are we going to do at this point? Well, they own- oh, wait till you're like 80 and you just still say boyfriend and girlfriend. Oh, I, I just don't like, I'm too old to hear that. I don't even no, know. No, and really doesn't wife and husband just really mean partner, right? Like, right. Right. like animal husbandry is about partnering and well, perhaps procreation, but that's another story. Oh, we're business yes. partners. So it goes way deeper than just partners. So when mm-hmm. you're business partners, then you're really partners. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Joyce and James know that. So she, they own uh, gyms and you've been in the fitness industry for a long time. And um, my powerhouse hoodie right now. Oh, look at that. Oh, nice. Oh, I have so, my, my yoga t-shirt on my modern <laughs> yoga. Oh, <laughs> there so, you go. so when I know you teach, um, you teach hot power at, in Brexville on Wednesdays at nine 30, but prior to us switching Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at Hot Power, you were teaching Hot Power Basics on Thursdays in Braxville. And every time Amanda's there, like the studio is so clean and organized. I know. And I was like, you don't have to do that. And Amanda's like, oh no, this is like my my quiet time, like my meditation time. And I, I all I kept thinking is this is like cleaning someone else's house when it's really fun. Cause like she's in someone else's business and like knows what needs to be done. And I just feel like, Oh, it would probably be fun for me to go clean her gym or something. You know what I mean? Go like, clean powerhouse. Oh, I would send you to rise before powerhouse. 
<laughs> we have a but, lot uh, of teenage boys in the powerhouse. <laughs> yeah, you've told me some stories. Um, right. <laughs> so on that, Amanda and her husband own Rise Fitness in Medina and Powerhouse uh, in Berea. And like, how did you how did you end up owning gyms? Well, I, before that, I mean, I was a gymnast, so I've always been in, in the, in the industry, you know, in a, in a way in sports and when I shouldn't say sports, cause I don't, gymnastics is a sport, but it's not a ball sport. So I can't say that I'm like athletically inclined in sports. <laughs> so, you weren't into touching balls. You were just a gymnast. Yeah. I didn't do any balls. I did try some balls, but it didn't work out um, for me. I tried volleyballs, but yeah, it was terrible. Is this the so, sound no bite? Balls. This is, this the, is sound. the sound bite. You didn't touch the balls. You were just <laughs> Joe's going to love this part of the podcast. Oh, for sure. <laughs> I was a hairdresser. Um, you know, I went to Kent State for a semester. I made the gymnastics team, but my parents weren't really prepared. They didn't prepare well for my future. So um, <laughs> I ended up having to come home because I, you know, I didn't um, send out everything soon enough. I didn't get any money for school. So I had to come home and work and I just ended up putting myself through beauty school. So. I was a hairdresser when we decided this business. I was doing it for a while. Let me get him off my keyboard. <laughs> um, yeah, so we, you know, I was working behind a chair, which is very exhausting. And I also traveled. So I worked for Aquage Hair Products, where I did, I was, did platform work for them, where you go to hair shows, and you demonstrate on stage how to do haircuts and things and um, go to salons and, you know, educate them on the product. So I was traveling probably two to three times a month. It was, it was kind of a lot. Um, and then Joe stumbled onto this opportunity for this gym that in Berea that was up for sale. And he's like, I think we can do this. And so we ended up, we took the dive in and we did it. We both kept our jobs, which was uh, horrific at first. I mean, I would go in at 5 a.m., work till noon, and then I would go back to the salon and work one to nine. So yeah, I don't, and I had kids. I don't know how I did it. Oh my God. Yeah, so don't. like what year was this? How old would your kids have been-ish? So this was like, 2010 when we got the opportunity for the gym okay. so they were I mean 2010 so that's Natalie 13 was, years ago yeah so, I mean Natalie was starting to drive just that she she was starting to drive I think right when we started making that transition so I still had to do some back and forth mm. and, um, yeah cheerleading she did cheerleading competitively and for her school so there was three different practices but her school also had a competitive team and they they practiced at another gym. So there was like three places I was taking her to um, within about a three hour period. <laughs> so, hmm, and I was still coaching. I was coaching uh, gymnastics and tumbling for the cheerleaders one or two nights a week. It was like my Friday night thing I had. It was the only night that I had free. Um, yeah. So then when we got that opportunity, I'm like, well, maybe, you know, I could make some changes and and I had competed too. I did fitness competitions too back in 2004 and I had to stop that because I ended up going through a divorce and being single and I just needed to make money. So yeah. So once we were able to take on this opportunity and we saw that it was going to be lucrative, I was able to quit, you know, doing the hair business and go fully into um, the fitness industry. And then I went back to competing, but the problem was I was a lot older and it was a lot harder. So. Well, I'd love to go down that road. We don't have to go down there right now. But um, before we started, before we hit record, I was telling Joyce I've been surviving on pizza and Halloween candy <laughs> and seasonal beer since I've been gone this last week or so. But um, a couple weeks ago, I was at dinner with a couple friends I used to work with. And 
the same age as I am. And I actually texted you because we were having a conversation about we, we were all menopausal or postmenopausal doing the same amount of exercise we've ever done and really losing muscle mass. So I need you to fix me and tell me what I have to lift, how much, how many times a week to at least retain or build muscle. So do you just want that information or are you going to actually do it? Oh, I'll do it. I, I, I'll do that. Yeah. I, I need to be healthy. I, like I'm not going to be, a, I can't be an old person yet with no muscle. That's not going to work. And then they don't, don't kill me on this cliche, but remember you can't outrun a bad diet. Yeah. Well, my diet's usually okay when I'm not okay, living with right. grandchildren <laughs> and I'm not going to outrun anything. We know that. She didn't ask about running. She just asked about, right. you don't have to run. Don't worry. I won't. Yeah. How do you, but, so, um, yeah, I don't really start have there. the lifting experience and I'm not, and, and I'll tell you what I'm not going to do because of travel. Joyce is right on this note. Am I going to do it? I'm not going to be a daily gym person, but you had alluded to me that I could probably survive on two days if I'm focused, if I focus. Yeah. If you go to the gym, I am so going to wherever you're at. I want to see Mary Beth work out. Well, that would be fun. We should just start. I I have worked out before. I was just young then. I mean, I don't mind working out. I'm just not going to run. I'm strong. I mean, I don't mind lifting, but like to do the same that I'm always doing and see the lack of muscle tone is, it just makes me feel really old. So, you know, I mean, I, and especially now now that I'm doing yoga the way that I I am now, like before it was like, you know, when I could, you know, I didn't Mm -hmm. really have a good practice. It was like, okay, that worked. I can jump into that class. Mary Beth, you know, how much I came and went. So, um, but now that I'm really practicing and I, and I love James's one breath, one movement that he used to make us do, that used to be my cardio. And that's what I do now. It feels much better than running. It's better for your joints. So I can get my heart rate up just by doing a flow. So I, mm-hmm. I, I don't recommend anybody do cardio now. I recommend yoga because with that one breath, one movement, or even just getting through a flow, your heart rate goes up. You don't need to do that. And, you're, and the breath practice is better than any breath practice you're going to get running because you're going to be gasping for air, unless you're really trying to practice a breath practice while you're running, which is awful. (laughs) I've tried it. I've tried it. It's terrible. Is this coming from like, well, okay. You just said you tried it. Like, are you a former runner or was running part of like your workout, you know, plan? Like, or do you just, cause I, 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 this is very interesting to me because I read a lot about like weightlifting is way more effective than running. Right. As far as like losing weight. Effective for what? Effective for what? Stamina, building muscle, losing weight. What are you using the word effective about? Well, everything but everything but um, endurance, right? Right. Cardiovascular health. Right. Right. Cardiovascular health. Yeah. So I think you can get your cardiovascular health from yoga. I definitely do. Yeah. I mean, and, and it's not that, that running's bad or any of that's right. bad. It's just, I, especially I think at our age, running, I think, feels ter- terrible. Um, and, you know, ellipticals are a little bit better, like you feel. But when you're doing something for a long, prolonged time, that same movement, um, it's really hard on your joints. That's why I love yoga, because you're moving from different points of your body. You're not, you're not doing the same movement over and over again. Yeah, it's different planes, yeah. as they say. 
yes, different body, you know, you're using your, you know, your chaturanga, your upper body, your, your warrior ones, your lower body. So I just, I feel like you're getting good movement where if you're doing the same motion, like I have a lady who always got on the elliptical every day for 45 minutes to an hour. She'd watch, I don't know what she watched on her phone. So you're not really getting a good, like, I don't know where her heart rate was, but I mean, you're not, you're not really focusing or present for your workout. And then your joints are just taking a brutal beating while you're doing it. So, I mean, there's nothing wrong with running. If you enjoy running and I, I used to run um, Hinkley. I would do, what is it? The, the, the inner loop. I think, mm-hmm. what is that? Two and a half miles or something. I used to do it three times, you know, and I enjoyed that. I no longer do. So well, I'm phasing out of that. And doing, and doing something not on a machine is, is just overall better. You know, oh, I agree. Yeah. Yes, for sure. But yeah, so I mean, to build muscle, to build arm or leg strength, you're going to need to lift something and use a machine for, for right. the lower body anyway. Right. Or, you know, dumbbells. Dumbbells are great. You don't have to be on a machine. So, for yeah, legs, though. Squats. Squats. You can squat with dumbbells. You don't need Look at Mary Beth's face. We, <laughs> we have the best leg press at Powerhouse in the world, I swear. I love this leg press. Um, but yeah, no, you don't. If you leg press with this leg press machine, you don't need to squat. It puts you in a really good position. So you can't really have bad form. So not everybody can squat. Well, that's what I was just going to say. I'd like to try the leg press because I do have um, bad knees. So squatting in good form gets hard for me fast. And then my, and then form suffers because, because of my knees. So I'd like to try the leg press where I can see my form. Is that the machine Mm -hmm. you were telling me about that you're almost in a cage? No, this I was going to tell you that next. So we have a machine called the Roger Squat Pro. It's a pendulum squat machine, and it puts your body. It's, it's really hard to explain. You'd have to do it, but it puts your body in the right position. And what's good about it, and it's kind, of, it's not the same as a Smith because there's more movement with it. A Smith machine, I don't think, is great for squatting, unless you put your feet way out in front and you're leaning into the bar. Then that might feel a little bit different. But I, I hardly use the Smith machine just because you are locked into one position and you can't move. And I don't, I don't like that. But yeah, the, the Roger Squat Pro machine is awesome. It, it's I don't even squat with a bar anymore. If I squat, that's where I go to squat. I just okay. looked yeah, it up. I'm, look, the, I'm looking at it. It's pretty interesting. Yeah, it looks like a transformer. <laughs> yeah, right. It does. It does. I don't even know how to describe it. it aside from looking like a transformer, but the, like, a, you're not, there's a, it, it kind of wraps around your, I mean, not your neck. Yeah, so it's it, almost like you have a, a, does it look like a sex room? No. Well, remember the corkscrew? Remember how the corkscrew would fit around like your yes. neck? It looks like that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Cool. So the, there's a pad on your neck with a, it looks like a shorter barbell maybe, but, but it goes to, the apparatus it does it you're not holding on to it so mm-hmm. it looks like your arms your hands hold on to like handles so that you can squat up and down with just the the connection on your back which makes a lot of right. sense and you, right right and if you remember ever squatting with a barbell when you put it on the back of your neck it sits at the top of your spine and if right. i mean there was, a, there was a time where i was trying to lift heavier and I think it was at 225 or something. And I Jeez. put the bar on my back and I went to lift it off. And I just felt my spine just compress. compress. I'm, like, I'm like, nope. And you don't feel any of that. No matter yeah. how much weight you put on this machine, 
you never will feel that. And it's just the way the pad sits. And the pad doesn't, it's not like uh, stationary. So the pad kind of moves with your body. So okay. as you squat back, it kind of rolls back a little bit, kind of hugs you a little bit. So it's, it definitely feels a lot better. What's the other? That's machine? great. Like technology is improving and keeping up so we can do these things more healthfully. Right. Well, and honestly, for, and this is, I, I'm not as like, I can't talk about this stuff like Amanda does, but I have been going to the gym for a few years now. And with the form that I see in a lot of people and not really knowing, you know, I know yoga form. So I, mm-hmm. I have a grasp. I can't say that I'm an expert on fitness form, but I think I have a pretty good idea. <laughs> and what I see around the gym is pretty, it's just not good. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I feel like a machine like this keeps people, would have the ability to keep people safer than than a barbell. Yeah. I mean, especially as you get fatigued, like you start off in good form. And as you get fatigued, if there's nobody there with you, like it it just starts to fall apart and compensate. So what's the other one called, Amanda? Oh, it's just um, an inverted leg press. And I don't know the name of the brand because it's so old, but it's our favorite. (laughs) Oh, It might be be an Icarian, which probably is not in business anymore. That's interesting. Or I don't think they are. Yeah, if you put and you can put your feet in different positions. So if your feet are high and out a little bit, you'll feel it more in your glutes. If you bring your feet lower and close together, you're going to feel it more in your quads. And if you do have weak knees, that's I like to do that with my clients that do have knee problems because you go a little bit lighter mm-hmm. and you just focus on those muscles all wrapped around your knees. How how often do you work out these days? I mean, you're clearly still um, working out. <laughs> I'm not going to be setting a very good example by talking about it right now. Um, when I can, um, actually, one of my clients has turned into a training partner because they're doing a little bit of bartering here with um, some med spa stuff. So um, probably at least three times a week. And how do you determine what you're going to do? I do it when I do a three split um, training program, I usually do like an upper body push which would be anything pushing with your upper body, then upper body pull, and then just lower body. So that's kind of how I split that up. So in yoga, we do a lot of the push and we don't have the opportunity for a lot of the pull. Right. So that's something for sure to supplement. If if all you're doing is yoga, anybody out there, a lot of pushy, pushy. Well, your pull can kind of be, so I do this a lot in Cobra too. So like float in your hands and you yeah. know, pull in your, using your, you know, your upper back that way. Um, any of your back bends, I mean, you should be using your back muscles for that. So that's kind of a pull. We don't get any mm. bicep curls. Except for today, right. we did bicep curls, kind of. How did you do bicep curls? Oh, <laughs> just in a warrior two. I just had them turn their palms up. And oh. I kind of stole this from James, where he does his little push and pull. I did it in warrior two. Yeah. So really squeeze. I mean, you can squeeze that muscle and use it. Mm-hmm. And then had an you inhale have here. take blocks. Pull <laughs> Yeah, it'd be good if they were lead blocks, then we'd get our lifting in. Right. Well, I did, I were doing yoga. We lift in though. So I try to keep it yoga. Right, right. <laughs> but so to pull weight is other than back bends, it's hard to pull with much weight right. in yoga. Right. So when did you add the second gym to your portfolio of? 
things to do. 2019. Yeah. Oh, wow. Opportunity. Yeah. It's fairly kind of a newer venture. And that one it's rise fitness and Medina. You, You have mentioned that you primarily run that, right? Right. Joe's always doing the numbers. Yeah. I don't, I don't do well with sitting and doing accounting. So that's, that's Joe. And he has control of the money because if I had control of it, we would have none. So we'd have a cat farm. Right. (laughs) Um, so I, do you feel like you, are you working seven days a week? Pretty much. I mean, if I do work Sunday, it's an early light day. So, but yeah, I'm pretty much doing something somewhere every day. I hear you. I hear you, sister. (laughs) And you were, in addition to having both gyms, um, I don't know if you still are, if this was before yoga teacher training, but you were volunteering at the um, Furry Animal Shelter. Right. Yeah. Um, I stopped doing that right when we took over Rise. It was just too Mm -hmm. much. Um, Yeah. And um, I had to stop being subjected to animals because I just want to bring them all home. So Mm -hmm. I can't. Yeah. I had to pull away. Yep. I understand that. I get that. Yep. I had to do that too. I just never feel like they, I want them to have the best home and I'm, I, I, I don't know. I don't know if this person's going to be the best home. Mm-hmm. Or, or as they wait and they're in those cages and you just want to spring so them all sad. free. I mean, I will say though, their new location, they did build a new shelter. Yes. They, oh my gosh. It, yeah. Much nicer. It is a lot better. Um, I mean, I haven't been there lately, but I, I was there for like the opening and for a little while after. and. They do have more room. So like any cats that can kind of get along, they'll stick them mm-hmm. in a room together. So they're not stuck in a cage. They, they do their best. They really do. Mm-hmm. There's only so much. There's so many cats and not yeah. enough people to take them. So, yeah. So you, I learned a lot just volunteering at the cat shelter aside from, you know, helping the cats. You're taking care of them and doing what they can, but there's some life lessons there. For example, the cat cages, when I was there, had either a pink or a blue card on them, right? Whether it was a male or female, at least twice during the time I was there, there were cats with, um, either both or, you know, both gender organs or yeah, which is just to say that nature, animals, humans, not everybody is fully female or fully male. Right. Like if it can happen, if if we don't know what color card to put it on the cat cage, because both sex organs are present. And here's a plug for that really good uh, fiction book by Jeffrey Eugenides called Middlesex. Anyway, it was just a lesson about nature and how there is there is a spectrum to some things. And then the other thing is there was the cutest little cat named Simon. And. He was terrible because he came in after having been in a fight with who knows what kind of animal. So he was injured in his one eye. And so he was just unapproachable, horrifying. They tried to help him, tried to help him, tried to socialize him. What they finally did was they removed his eye and sewed his eye shut. And he was the best cat after that. Like he was in pain and confused and scared. And once they just sewed up that eye, he was, you know, in control again and he was good. And I, he's the one that like, if I was going to bring one home that I wasn't allowed to, it was going to be him, but um, somebody else did adopt him eventually. But yeah, so that's another thing to learn. Like sometimes you try 
and work around things or fix things that you should just let go of. In his case, it was his eyeball. <laughs> yeah, I didn't come across any any of that. That's interesting. Paradactyls I came across, them, which was kind yes. of interesting. They have that extra thumb and makes their paws look really big. So that's always kind of interesting. And then there's yeah, act like a mitt. Yeah. So like orange cats, they're usually male. If they're female, they could be sterile, things like that. I learned. Um, and just to what, how to approach cats. Like we always think, you know, we always get that high voice and screaming and coming at them all handy. They don't necessarily like that. I've, I've also learned like, if you want, if you have a scared animal, any kind of animal, actually, if you make yourself small, like you turn sideways, you crouch down, they'll, they'll more likely come to you. And let them approach you. Yeah. Even the petting farms, I've done that. My friend was Mm -hmm. so jealous. Like, why do they all go to you? I'm like, I'm not telling you. (laughs) Yeah. Cause I'm sitting here calmly and letting (laughs) them come to me. You come and sniff me. You come and see me. Yeah. I'm allergic to cats, but I don't think I am anymore. Well, you can, your body can change. I was, I didn't have a cat for a long time. And then Every time I go to West Virginia, too, we come home with a cat. I don't know how that happens, but I went back home to visit my family, and um, the house next door to my cousin was burnt down, and there was a cat living in it. My daughter cried to bring it home, and I'm like, well, let's see if it's there when we leave. She's coming with us. So sure enough, she was. So we brought her home, and uh, I don't know where I was going, but I just lost my train of thought. I I said I'm allergic to cats. Oh, yeah. So five and a half hour drive home, I was a mess, but then it took about two weeks and then, yeah, I was fine. Sometimes your body has to adjust. I, so I developed, or my allergies started started showing themselves, I I guess at at about 14 and um, I just started having- Lots of good things show themselves at 14. Right. Started (laughs) having uh, these like episodes when we would go visit my aunt and uncle in Brunswick and at the time- they lived off of um, uh, Carpenter and like they were on the the second house from the corner and there just wasn't, there weren't a whole lot of houses built. Now, now it's completely filled with houses, but um, so it was like woodsy um, and I would just get really sick. And one time my mom took me to like an Urgicare and they tested me for strep. Why they tested me for strep? I have no idea. But I tested positive, which was also weird because oh. I didn't even have a sore throat. Wow. Um, but somehow this turned into like you should look into allergies. And I went, my mom took me to an allergist, and they did that scratch test thing on my back. Mm-hmm. Um, and sure enough, I was like really, really allergic to things like mold and um, pollen and uh, cats and shellfish and. I had never had shellfish before, and I learned later because I've had several of these tests done over the years um, that it's very unusual for some, for a doctor to test for something that you something like that that you haven't had an um, you know like a problem with like it wasn't like I yeah. went to I had shellfish and had a reaction. Um, but anyhow, I my family my parents never really ate shellfish like they or at least I didn't have it at home so I never really had it and um so I've never actually to this day I've never had shellfish um but anyhow I would you know several people in my family like aunts and uncles and whatever had cats and it just got to a point where I could walk into a house 
and immediately, oh, you have a new cat, immediately um, get my eyes would swell up and I would need my inhaler. And I had a bag uh, like a, you know, those, those purple velvet, black velvet bags. Yeah. <laughs> I had one of those. I don't even know where I got it from, but it was filled with um, allergy stuff, like a whole bunch of inhalers. Like this inhaler was a rescue inhaler. This inhaler I was supposed to take before I went somewhere that had a cat, you know, all those things. Like I had probably three or four different inhalers. I was always on Claritin or Allegra, especially before I would go somewhere that that had cats or whatever, but it, I couldn't even handle it being medicated. Like it was, it, that maybe got me an hour at best yeah. and I'd have to leave. Um, so fast forward, uh, you know, James and I have been vegan, vegetarian for the most part for probably the last five or six years. And a few years in, I was running and in April and there was pollen, maybe it was May, pollen was flying everywhere and I wasn't even really itching. And that was like such a huge change for me. And I was like, how is this even possible? Mm -hmm. And I agree with you, Amanda, like your body can change, but this change happened so quickly that, um, you know, the only the only big difference was that I wasn't eating animal products. And honestly, I think that that is more um, dairy than anything else because it's such an inflammatory. And so uh, dairy is, and, um, but I can be, I can be in a, a house with cats. I can pet cats. I just need to wash my hands, but I have not, I'm not at like, I don't feel like I'm at risk for having any of those kind of uh really they, bad a lot of people attacks. are allergic to cats and they say it's the dander even more than yeah. the hair but that's why if you're if you're experiencing any kind of allergies even if they seem unrelated it is worth the time to eliminate stuff whether it's meat or yeah. dairy or gluten or alcohol like try different things cuz it's so true you can really find that things different things like your joints feel better or your congestion or whatever yeah. that you thought had nothing to do with anything I don't even so, know where my rescue inhaler is at this point. Like I, I know I have one somewhere, but like it used to be where I could not leave the house without, without it, it because I would yeah. be, in, you know, there were times when I was younger that I'd have to go to the hospital and they would give me a treatment and shoot me up with adrenaline and all those things. Like mm-hmm. it's awful to suffer. I have uh, exercise induced asthma and allergy induced asthma. I don't know what I'm probably not saying this medically correctly, but Mm-hmm. Um, and the, so if I have, obviously if I have, an uh, an asthma attack, it, it's bad. I haven't had one in a long time. The only time I ever had it and it was mild with, um, exercise was there were a few times in the middle of the winter where I would be skating and the, the air was so cold, but my body was hot. Mm-hmm. Actually, I'd have that running too. Like I can't, or I, I don't know about now, but I can't run in the winter, because you you know I would layer not layer up but I'd put like Under Armour on like the real heavy duty like cold weather stuff, mm-hmm. and then I'd start running and I get so my body would get so hot that it would be hard for me to breathe the cold air and and it was just bad. So I well, don't, don't let your guard down. You should know where your rescue inhaler is. I'll find it. <laughs> well, I think you need to find it. I'm gonna I'll be go, stressed uh, about this. I'll now. go get it right now. You can. Is it is it on. time to talk about Amanda? Is also plant based diet correct? I am. I think that's, um, we should talk about that because we have at least had one other friend of ours who does weight training 
Um, she did not want to say on the podcast that she had begun eating meat again, but she was having trouble with recovery from lifting. So I'd love to hear you speak to that because um, you have a long history now of muscle building without animal protein. Yeah, honestly, I don't feel any different um, from re- my recovery. I I almost feel like I recover faster. I don't miss anything. I don't feel weak. I, you know, my when I do lift, I can still lift as heavy as I did before. I mean, I'm not, I'm not lifting like I did before because I don't, I don't need to. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, if I wanted to, I could definitely go in and, and I can still outlift. We have a competition and I'm very, I guess I'm very competitive. I hate, I probably mm-hmm. shouldn't be, but I am. And I don't care what it takes. I will try to be the winner no matter what. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I mean, I can still pull that off. Um, and I'm, I'm going to be 53 November 6th. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm feel pretty good where I'm at. And I, yeah, I don't feel like I have a hard time recovering other than being 53. <laughs> right. Is that, yeah. Word. That's, that's my question. So what do you, what's your favorite protein? Um, so I do a lot of tofu. Um, um, what's my I'm going to say this wrong on the why I can't think of it right now. Um, I always say Satan, Satan, Satan. I'm not sure people pronounce it. That's S-E-I-T-A-N. Yes. Yeah. So it's also that, that is weak gluten. So if you have a gluten allergy, definitely can't do that. Um, I also pea proteins, probably the, probably the cleanest protein. And I, I have that. My protein powder is um, pea protein. And even I don't do a lot of mock meat like the Beyond and Impossible. Once in a while, if I have a taste for it, I'll do it. Um, Beyond meat, I feel like, is a little better protein because it is pea protein, and they fortify it with B vitamins too. Um, but yeah, it's not. I don't know if it's very healthy to do those a lot. But once in a while, yeah. it's not going to hurt you. Yeah, it's still processed food, which is never yeah. the best. And then protein powder, you know, that I, I use Sun Warrior from Heinen's. I get it from there, or First Form's another good one, and they're both pea protein. Is Joe? Have you ever tried making like a veggie burger with black beans, chickpeas, lentils, any of those things? Or you're not a fan of cooking in that in that way? Yeah, I haven't had time. But I, you know, like at the holidays, I'll I'll like try something. Like I did a beef Wellington with lentils, and I forget what else is in there. Cool. But um, you know, onions and stuff like that, of course. But um, yeah, I, when I have the time, I will try something cool. My favorite thing to make is vegan mac and cheese. Because mm. it's fairly healthy. You use your chickpea pasta or whatever kind of pasta you like. And then um, the cheese is made from cashews. So mm. there's no bad fats in it. Um, there's actually not, it's just the noodles and, and cashews is your, your main ingredient. And it's delicious when you, when you warmed over. It's not great. I'll let you know that. But <laughs> the first day you bake it, so good. So good. What's this cat's name? Um, that was Lou. <laughs> he was um, he actually one of my employees called me late one night her dog had attacked him and he was in a dog's mouth so I was supposed to take him to the shelter the next day because the shelter was closed so I guess I'm the next best thing Mm -hmm. well then yeah he got really sick and I had to rush him to the emergency room so then I just kept him so yeah he's mine now he's a stinker (laughs) will another one make an appearance I feel like every every five minutes we get a new cat here maybe maybe Cooper's had enough. He's down. This, this is nap time. So they're all going to start getting on the condos and going to sleep. So how, how long have you been, home, so. how long have you been plant-based and is Joe plant-based too? Oh, Joe is definitely not plant-based <laughs> and he would love for me not to be as well. He just, he's like, can you please just eat an egg? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So he's not, um, I, 
was pescatarian before I turned vegan. So I was just doing fish and I'm just, I don't know. I, I, I watched the conspiracy and after watching that on Netflix, I'm like, you know, I don't really need to eat fish either. So I just took that out. Um, I, you know, I, that's probably one thing I would eat though, if uh, I didn't have to kill, I really don't like taking something's life to feed myself. I just, that really bothers me. And I think when it first kind of set in on me, was when we were in, Joe took me to Mexico for my birthday one year and we were at a resort and there, they brought the lobster case out and they wanted me to pick my lobster. And I'm like, I, I don't want to choose, you know, who's going to die for, to feed me. And I just, at that point, I'm thinking, you know what, if I don't feel good about that, then maybe I need to look at what I'm eating. So I I mainly did it for the, you know, for the animals. Um, I, mm-hmm. I just can't, I just can't even think about it. I've seen too many videos and I, you know, and I, it's my own fault. I follow all the pages on Instagram and I just, I can't give to that industry when I see how animals are treated and the dairy industry is probably the most heartbreaking to me. Yeah. So, yeah. There, there are some measures. Um, there are some ways in places, you know, local and stuff to to do a better job of that. But if you've ever seen the true factory farming, uh, factory, how we get our meat and our dairy, it is really despicable. The treatment of animals while they're alive and how we take them out. Right. And Um, the people they hire that have to do that kind of work too, they become so desensitized and I feel bad for their, like how they're feeling. They can't feel good about it. Cause I think if most of us, if we had to go kill our own animal, Mm-hmm. to feed ourselves, how many of us could do it? Right. You know, it's I interesting. Know. I had dinner with a friend a couple of weeks ago at her house and her daughter has a farm and her grandkids, everybody lives there. Um, I get fresh eggs from them, which are so delicious. And um, so they have happy chickens and all, but they, um, she was, her daughter actually surprised her cause she, she went out and, and, you know, they don't on a farm view the animals as their pets. And she was a little surprised, not unhappy about it, but surprised that her daughter did go out and herself, her daughter herself, who's a grown person, you know, our, our children's age, I guess. Um, um, I don't want to use the word killed, but it killed, killed the, the chicken that they, that they ate. So it is um, like, you ask yourself, could I do that? And for most of us, it's no. For other people, it's like, oh yeah, no problem. So there you there yeah, but, you have but are it. Are they saying are they saying that though, or are they really doing it? So my grandfather had a farm growing up when I lived in West Virginia. He had cows, he had chickens. Um, we never we never ate the chickens though. Like he we ate the eggs, and and I definitely would eat eggs. I'm not opposed to eating eggs. If yeah, if I know if I had my own chickens in the backyard, yeah, I would go grab those eggs and eat them because they're not getting fertilized. I'm not, I don't right. feel bad about it, but yeah, but a poor chicken stuck in a factory laying eggs until it dies does not make me. And not that. even moving. Like it's in a stall. Right. Sometimes they die. I've seen pictures. They, they're, they're just like on like shelves. It looks like. Right. Take and their beaks off. Yeah. Then they just die there. Like it's just awful. So anyway, we won't talk about that anymore, but my yeah. grandfather had a farm and he had cows and every year he would butcher a cow and feed the family. And, you know, as kids, we like we know we we knew we that we were going to eat the cow I guess but I guess we didn't put two and two together we'd play with the cows we would name them I named one Jamie because I like the name Jamie <laughs> I always have it's strange but and uh I remember my mom was doing the dishes one night I'm upstairs playing I was probably about six or seven and I heard her say oh don't tell Mandy we ate Jamie tonight <laughs> how awful like why would you even say that out loud but 
Yeah. <laughs> my grandfather got to a point though. He got to a point where he stopped. They became his pets and he wouldn't kill them anymore either. Wow. So. You're f- <laughs> yeah. You're from West Virginia. I am. How, how, how'd you get to, how'd you get to Ohio? Well, everybody in West Virginia is a coal miner basically, or have that's the main income. So obviously it started to slow down just a bit. Um, and then my, my parents just wanted to get out of West Virginia. So my dad, uh, he was a supervisor in the coal mines. He put his resume out and we ended up in New Mexico for a little while. Wow. Yeah. It was weird. It was weird. Cause I was like eight when we moved. Such a change. Uh, Oh yeah. It was, I, it was very depressing when you're used to big green mountains and everything green and trees and water. And then you just, and New Mexico is like a sand castle. I mean, I was there as a kid and I was like, this is like, uh, an attraction at, at a theme park. Cause all, all the Adobe, you know, this, how different oh, yeah. from West Virginia, wild, wonderful West Virginia. And we left all of our family. I mean, I had the best grandma in the world and she was like my oh. world. I loved my grandma. We left oh. her. We had just found out she had cancer when we left. So, oh. I mean, to, to go that far and to such a desolate, dry, like yeah. nothing place, like it just seemed like nothing to me. I mean, it's cool to visit. Like I, I've been back to that mm-hmm. you know, Scottsdale, Arizona, places like that. And um, I think, where was I at? Oh, Santa Fe. Santa Fe is a really cool place. Like I love, I would love to go back and visit, but I would never live there. I just feel, I need water. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I just, I need to see green. <laughs> <laughs> and West Virginia, when when it's depressed or not, is so beautiful. It, I it is. It really just, is. Just drove back through yesterday and it's just, just beautiful. Yeah. My cousin, she lives, well, she did live in Beckley and she just moved to Fayetteville and she lives in this like mountainous area that's uh, very, very green. And they, there's like million dollar homes back there. And we, I love when I go stay with her because we just drink our coffee, we go for a walk and it's just so pretty. But they also bought their, I don't know if you want to call it a development or what it is, but they bought um, 200 acres and that they're not going to um, develop. They're just going to just for them to four wheel hunt, whatever they want to do. Yeah. Um, it's it's really, it's really pretty. I, w- wow. I would love that's like, I think that's what I'd like to retire to. It's a big, huge house with lots of animals in the big hills. Yeah, you could make a whole animal sanctuary. Yeah. So how old were you? I want you to cue you- the John Denver music now that I'm thinking of <laughs> beloved West Virginia and my mountain home. How old were you mountain when you ended up in the Cleveland area? And where did you end so, up? Uh, we ended up writing right in this area. So we first, like, I had a great grandmother who had moved to Brook Park and my dad, my mom hated it. We all hated New Mexico. My, well, my dad kind of liked it. He kind of <laughs> looked like him. He kind of, he kind of fit right in. And he really, he, oh my gosh, we did some crazy. So my, my dad's fearless. If you know, if you know anything about the Hatfields, I'm a true descendant of the Hatfields in the uh-huh. toy field. Wow. And my dad, and my dad lived that to the fullest. He was not afraid of anything always. And he was very futile. He wanted to fight all the time. So we went to Juarez, Mexico as a family in a car across the border. Wow. It was the scariest thing I've ever seen in my life. I don't know how we survived it. We almost didn't get back because my dad's also a jokester. So we're trying to get across the border and my dad's trying to act like he's Mexican and they almost didn't let us through oh my until God. I started bawling. I'm like, please, please let us back. But yeah, oh it was, gosh. it was insane. I just, it just seemed so chaotic. When we were there. But yeah, so anyways, my mom and I were very unhappy. My grandmother passed while we were there. So we were, we oh. were literally driving 
back and forth because we didn't have the money to fly. And uh, my parents were those people. My dad loved little cars. Volkswagen was our one of our first cars I yeah. remember. And we would pack into that and drive for like you're driving for days. Right? Yeah. What is it? 48 hour drive or something. And my parents, they would not stop. They would switch off. We would grab food, get in the car, go to the bathroom and we would go. Yeah. Yeah. And if you asked them to stop and they weren't ready, my dad would get so mad. So we would just, me and my brother would just sit in the back seat and just pray for strong the bladders. Right. So, um, we no wonder that, why that you don't want to sit at a desk. Time. Yeah. And I don't want to sit. I don't want to be in a car. I, I don't like any of it. But I, I, when I, the last time we came back, they had taught me how to drive six shifts too. Mm-hmm. I was probably nine years old. I'm driving a car. What's the, that's a hillbilly thing too. That's what we kind of do. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we I took a leg. My dad's like, all right, you're taking over. Keep it under the speed limit or keep it right at the speed limit. You know, wake us up if anything happens. You're sh- just go straight. I'm like, okay. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, Let's see how self-sufficient it all made you. Right, right. But I was scared to death for my kids to drive. I was not a fan of them driving. And I back then, right. stick shifts weren't like they are now. So like... It was a lot of work oh, yeah. to shift, and she's nine years and old. Often they, often the stick shifts right. didn't have power steering back then. Right? Yeah, Mine I don't remember. Yeah, Can you really imagine remember that. Adelaide or Kennedy driving? Uh, no. I can't believe no, they no. didn't have a heart attack. Being in the car with my daughter when she was learning to drive, I thought we were going to die. And she was, she laughed at everything. She thought everything was funny. We almost hit a parked car. She said, McNally, we almost hit that car. She's like, I know. And she'd start laughing. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> We are going to die here. But yeah, so we, uh, my dad put his resume out again because my mom, was, she just wanted to come back and we missed family. And he ended up in the salt mines in Cleveland. So that's how we ended up here. Back to the salt mines, as they say. Where did you yeah. go to high school? North Olmstead. North Olmstead. So you were mm-hmm. right right in the area that you're kind of in. Yeah. Jade, yeah, that's awesome. Uh, and so... you. I, I'd like to talk about, you mentioned this before, you used to do, um, I don't know what it's called, but the competitions, is it body or fitness or bodybuilding? It, it's considered fitness. Um, so you have different divisions. There's bodybuilding, there's figure. So we were kind of like, we did figure posing. You have to do like a posing in a two-piece bathing suit. Um, there's also bikini now. So it's, it's just different types of posing. And then with the fitness, we also had a, a routine that we had to do. So it's basically a gymnastics floor routine is kind of what it resembles. So you have, you know, strength requirements. It also has to be upbeat. You have to show your endurance and you know, your cardiovascular um, fitness. And it's just a, it's basically, yeah, basically like a, a gymnastics floor routine. It can have tumbling, you know, one arm pushups. Um, I mean, I got to the point where I could do one arm, one leg. It's just, just anything you can think of to throw in there. And the judges are not really uh, knowledgeable. So if you can find something that looks really hard, that's really easy. That expresses them like, you know, that's all you need to do. But yeah, but you have to, you have a body round to where you have to have a certain shape and you have to have a certain leanness. So you have to, you know, diet for these things and look a certain way. And how long did you do that? Well, I started in 2003 and then by 2004, I was ready. It took me about, was it about eight weeks, nine, 12 weeks to get ready. Um, cause mm-hmm. I, I've never really carried a lot of weight. I just never did as I'm, I'm just too busy, I guess. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah. And so I competed that one whole year. And then, like I said, I got divorced that following year. So I, 
I had to take a break and just focus on taking care of my family and the kids and just working to make money. And then when Joe and I stumbled onto that opportunity to purchase Powerhouse, that kind of opened me back up with uh, once I was able to quit doing, you know, hair and being a hairdresser and traveling, then I could uh, focus on our business. And I thought that would help our business to do that again, get, you know, get our yeah, promote back. it. And it, it, how was it different the second time, the training for it, the getting ready? Well, yeah, it was a lot harder. My body was a lot different. Um, the tumbling was excruciating. And then I, mm. of course, I hadn't done it in so long, like getting back to the flexibility part of it took a little bit. Um, but one thing, you know, your body does remember, even if it's been 10 years later, like your right. body still remembers where you were. And like I didn't quit working out, but I didn't work out to that extent. And um, the dieting's really strict. Like, and, and I take, if I sign on to do something, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. diving deep. I don't, I don't just, you know, take it half-heartedly. So yeah. I, I didn't miss a meal. I didn't miss a cardio. And I mean, the hardest part probably was like, I would have two cardio sessions a day. It'd be 45 minutes fasted in the morning. And then you'd have one at night before your last meal. And I was eating between, depending on where I was in the, in the prep, I'd be eating like five to seven meals a day, like little meals, like 250, 300 calories a sitting. Mm-hmm. You, know, you don't want to eat all that at once. And then um, I have like usually a two hour like routine practice. So we're talking warming up, you know, and then running through your routine. It'd be a two minute, a two minute routine, full out, full blown cardio. So you had to really prep for that. And then you had your weight training session. So I was doing, you know, five weight training sessions a week. What do you get for like when you win, you know, if you place or whatever, is there, do you get a belt as nice as the modern yoga softball? Yeah. It's not as as big as that. Um, Yeah. I kind of like that belt. Um, it depends on what competition you do. Like as an amateur, you get a trophy. Um, and then you have to, like you, you qualify for like a nationals. When you go to nationals, then you have the opportunity to qualify for your pro card. So you have to pay for all these competitions that you enter. Right. And then once you're a pro though, you don't have to pay. They usually, depending on the company, like the Arnold Classic, uh, if you guys have heard of that, it's in Columbus, but they have mm-hmm. one on every continent now just about and the then, Arnold yeah. classic. I happened to be in Columbus to see a concert. I, I'm going to check the date and make sure this is still right, but it was right as COVID was starting. And I feel like that's one of the first things they canceled because right. I was staying at a it's hotel correct. right across the street and they were like, they're canceling this thing. And I was like, what, what? Yeah. 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 You're, and it was probably smart because there are so many people on that convention floor. It's ridiculous. Mm. Like you can't even like, it's like you're fishing through, like you're like fishing through bodies, like swimming through bodies. It's terrible. Yeah. It's gross. Press um, in the so flesh. And then some guys take their shirts off and it's, you know, you're trying to squeeze by some guy's belly. It's just inappropriate. <laughs> you know? Bring your hairy belly over here. <laughs> oh yeah. It's, um, I don't, I don't go to those anymore. I, um, after you've competed in one and been treated, like they treat you really nice. Like the Arnold mm-hmm. Classic was probably my favorite competition. They, they give you a basket of stuff sent to your room. Your room is paid for. If you had a travel, they pay for your travel. Um, you could win money. So if you, um, I think, what was it? 8000 for first place. The guys win a lot more. The bodybuilders are, they really pull the fans in. So they they win like $250,000. Oh they my gosh. The and girls the girls get 8000 Yeah. We you know, just much. like the rest of sports in the world, pay right. equality. Exactly. But hey, they, they, they pull the fans though. If they're, it's the fans come to see the freaks, right? The mm-hmm. big bodybuilders that are just not attainable, so that people want to see that. But yeah, the fitness is probably one of the one of the favorites of people. It's entertaining. 
you get to see these really cool, you know, routines, girls flipping all over to find gravity. So, I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's another favorite, but yeah, it's uh, it was fun. But, you know, I, I wish I was younger when I was in my thirties, it felt a lot better. Forties, yeah. you know, tumbling on a hard, I mean, it's a hard stage floor. You might as well just be on concrete. I'm pretty sure that's why I have the hip issues that I do. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So I'm looking at, I just Googled bodybuilding champions and this is crazy. Is this good for you? No, I would assume not. (laughs) I think fitness, no, it depends. And I don't want to get into offend anybody as far as like, what's that? I don't know what to call it anymore. I don't, I don't dabber in it so like um you know sports enhancing drugs like obviously you know mm-hmm. that's good to see that um i think if you're not i don't i don't know how healthy that is but yeah the fitness we didn't really do there there are more and more people are getting into it like divisions that i think don't really need to you know get into that but you're not you're not gonna you're not gonna affect the same fan base if you don't have those competitors you're just not right, right. what what is it with the tan why does everybody have to get tan to it shows your muscle, um, your definition a lot better. Oh, yeah. You know, okay. Put somebody without a tan up there. Sometimes you'll go to a local show and someone didn't read the directions or something. <laughs> they, didn't <read> the, <laughs> they didn't read the criteria and they show up pale and they look really funny on stage. So, what yeah, those stage lights. Stuff? I mean, same reason everybody yeah. has to wear makeup when they're an actor on stage. Right. You, you just get lost. You can't see any. Yeah, it washes definition. you out. Right. What happens when somebody stops doing this? Look at um, the cat. Yeah. Yeah. Like, let, well, no, let's say, <laughs> let's say you had an injury and you were not able to, to lift or do cardio. Like, let's say that's even you or Joe, like what would happen to your body? I mean, you just lose muscle mass. Um, yeah, should I mean, should I we put a picture of what's happening to my body? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you may, I mean, I, I, I haven't noticed this. I mean, I notice if I'm having children, mm-hmm. a loose skin on your belly, but mm-hmm. I haven't noticed anywhere else in my body. And I, and I don't lift and do all the things that I used to do. <clears throat> I, I would rather not ever do that again. So <laughs> it's just not a fun time. You know, if anybody says they enjoyed that, they're crazy. Hmm. Because it consumes your whole life, right? Yes. Yes. And it's, you know, it was really hard to be a mom during that time. And I, you know, I, I hope, I hope that my kids didn't feel neglected. I hope that they didn't. I really tried to fit it all in and make the time for them. Like I didn't, I didn't miss wrestling matches. I didn't miss cheerleading competitions, maybe one or two, but usually it was for work, not really for my competition. I tried to really work around the kid's schedule. Yeah. It's, um, you, you definitely have to be self selfish. You always have your food with you, which when I would go to these cheerleading competitions and I'm in prep, I've got to take all my food. You can't always heat it up. You're eating you're not eating to eat for fun. You're eating to sustain, you know, your muscle mass. Yeah. So it's a formula and you have to do it. So there you are maybe at a wrestling right. match and you have to pull out what a piece of chicken breast and some rice. Tuna, tuna and rice and broccoli. And everyone's like, oh, it smells in here. You know, you get that on a plane. <laughs> I've, had, I've had to pull out you no know, cod on a plane and everyone's dying. And Joe's like, put that away. I'm like, I can't, I have to eat this. I don't put your cod away. This is hilarious. Oh, did your kids like that? You. Oh, yeah, these cats are hilarious. So she has like a tree, like a ficus or whatever. And the cats are just taking turns entertaining us. And they're doing exactly right. the same things. Like the orange one is doing what the black one is doing. They do know, a little boxing. Doing. They they get on their hind legs and they do a little boxing with the leaves. It, it was leaves. really good at 
Lou's really good on his back legs. He's really got good balance. Cats are so amazing to watch. They are They're so entertaining. Do you put a Christmas tree up? Um, I did. Um, I bought, I end up, here's what I do. Every year I go out, I'm like, I say, I'm not going to do it. And then I buy a new one because I end up throwing it out eventually because I, I probably just get a real one. See how good he is at that. <laughs> it's very cute. He hurt anyway, us. Yeah. He's, he was the worst one last year. He was in the tree. He bent all the limbs. Knocked off all the bulbs, which I could care less about the bulbs. But yeah, the tree had to go in the garbage. It looked terrible. It looked really pretty for about an hour. But yeah, maybe I'll do a real tree this year because then it won't, it'll be more real. It won't it'll real. it'll hurt them if it if it pokes them a, a dry. And yeah, right. don't burn the house down. Don't let them burn the house down, incidentally. <laughs> Where's he going? Maybe I won't he's, put he's about to launch. Yeah, they, they go wherever they want. I had one in the dishwasher yesterday. Oh my goodness. Yeah, loaded the dishwasher. He just climbed in there. And of course, I got a picture. So I have that. So do you find that you and or Joe and other everybody that you know and work with and love at Rise and Powerhouse um, are ever judged for how you look in the in the good way? Like, here's this big muscle bound man or here's this perfect um, little because you're like a perfectly cute little buckaroo. I don't feel that way. I have that. Well, you're a woman, anybody we ever don't called feel you a buckaroo before? No, I've never been called a buckaroo. I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> a hummingbird, then. Oh, yeah, I don't even know what I've been called. That's interesting. I haven't even thought about that. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, I don't. I you should ask Joe that question. He hears more about what people. I don't think I stand still long enough in the gym mm -hmm. for someone to say anything to me or or yeah. say that. But and Joe's very Joe, big. Joe, yeah. Yeah. Well, everybody knows Joe's really big and Joe yeah. looks really heavy. They see him in action. So yeah. Yeah. I feel like, and he, and you know what he is, um, everybody, you know, he's so like laid back and calm. Like he, you'll see him one day lifting, like, you know, bench pressing 500. Then you'll see him another day taking five pound dumbbells and, you know, doing shoulder, shoulder raises. So, right. you know, that's what's funny about Joe is like, and you, and you don't need to lift heavy. You can find ways to, you know, grow muscle or just put tension on that muscle without, you know, super heavy weight. So, and it's I, like, I, I think, it's like Joyce and I have talked about on, on the podcast about even yoga poses. Like at some point you're striving to do these, all these biggest, best fancy things. And then when you are old enough and have the confidence, you're like, yeah, I don't need to do that every time just for people yeah. to see, you know, Joe is so big. And, um, Joe, if you're listening, but Joe's also so small. Joe is not a tall right. fella. So Joe's like a a little. A, a little. He's like the guy on this. He's kind on like the a, back like of a this. Mario brother. Kind yeah, of like he's, a, he is. He's Mario or Luigi. Yeah. And with muscle. Um, yeah. So somebody that shaped like that. You. I, that's that was what my question was about. Is people make assumptions like they see you in the grocery store and they're like, oh, that guy. But Joe is, uh, first of all, so intelligent and smart more than you, you know, you have, you, yeah, you no, think these, is. like he's these dumb, <laughs> these dumb jocks. He really is. Right, yeah, no, he's the opposite. But he's, he's also very sweet. Oh my gosh. Yeah. He's like a pussy cat. Yeah. He's the yeah. guy that if someone's in front of him and can't pay for the groceries, he'll buy the groceries. Oh, listen, I've that. never run into Joe over at Suds that he hasn't picked up the right. bill. 
In fact, two weeks ago, my mother-in-law was in town from Florida. We were with her sister and brother-in-law and my husband. And I saw Joe and I said, Joe, don't do it. Please don't do it. And he does it before, you know, he knows everybody yeah. there. So they don't even. That was a wasted breath. Bill yeah. is brought. Yeah. Very generous. Yeah, he's, um, he is. And, you know, we're not rich by any means. I mean, we're not. Well, I'm struggling. He's not. If we count whose money. I'm always <laughs> broke. <laughs> um, but I'll still buy a pair of leggings. No matter how broke I am, I will find a way to buy them. Yeah. Um, yeah Sometimes when I'm, I'm unpackaging things, I'm like, oh, <laughs> I shouldn't even hang these up. Let's put this aside for Amanda. Put all the smalls aside. (laughs) And he calls you Mandy. Do you like to be Mandy or Amanda? I've been Mandy for a long time. I used to hate Amanda, but now I I do. I do like Amanda, but I don't, it doesn't, I guess I'll answer to anything. Oh, man. I never knew that you'd like to be called Mandy. We could have called you Amanda just seems so more grown up and professional. And then when I was younger, I didn't want to be grown up and professional, you know. But so I, I used to get in trouble. actually got in trouble in first grade for writing Mandy on my paper. I had a teacher who was stickler for your name, I guess. I don't know what her problem was, but she well, that's how I ended up Mary Beth. In my family, I was Mary, and then teachers are like, "No, you have to be your full name." So, and now I really don't like Mary. I want. I'd rather be MB or I like. Yeah, I like Mary. Is your middle name Beth? No, my first name is Mary Beth, but two words, and I have no middle name. And I asked my mother to explain this, and she's like, I don't know. I don't really remember. It was going to be Marie, <laughs> Marie or Mary Beth, but it's not. I was like, it was it inspired by anything? I don't know. Okay. Hmm. Well, my middle name is K after my aunt, who I look mostly like, actually. Huh. Amanda Which K. Because we didn't know that, right? When I was born, we didn't know we were obviously going to look her. So it's strange. Wow. Did. Mary Beth, do your sisters have middle names? Yes. Judith Ann, Judy Ann, and Colleen Marie. Well, maybe maybe it was your middle name and she just forgot. Yeah, if yeah she can't she doesn't remember think so. anything else. <laughs> but I'm Mary Beth N M I, no middle initial. Harold. <laughs> or Bernie. Does Harold, Jeff have Harold Twerty? Is Jeff's Fancy also, Jeff is actually Michael Jeffrey. So, you know, when we fly, it's always a hassle because a lot of systems don't accommodate the two first names or he goes by Jeff, so he can't be Jeff. His driver's license, I think, says M. Jeffrey. His passport says Michael Jeffrey. We're a nightmare. Oh, wow. A lot of names. When you got married, did you have to take, did you have to say, I take you, Michael Jeffrey? (laughs) (laughs) No, like, I think we made up our own, our own. I don't stuff. even know who I'm marrying. <laughs> I've never called you Michael. I don't know. Anymore. And I don't care. You just got to pay my bills. <laughs> so Amanda, you graduated from teacher training earlier this year in January. Oh um, yeah. Amanda's a teacher and this, she's in the teacher spotlight. That's why we're doing this whole thing. And here yeah. we are. How, how has your teaching journey been like have you I I know the answer to this I know that you've been loving teaching yoga but how is how is yoga I feel like when you were training when you were in teacher training the physical stuff was was pretty easy to train you on because you have so much um experience with you know physical fitness but um it was cool to watch you learn the rest of it 
you know, like to really kind of dive into what yoga is. Um, and it's really, you know, it's nice. It's just been really interesting and heartwarming, quite honestly, to, to like watch you soak in the experience of being a yoga teacher. Um, cause Amanda's the exact personality type we're talking about that sometimes has a hard time relaxing, stop pausing, not even relaxing, pausing. Yeah. Being still. Yes. And I'm learning a lot and still learning and enjoying it. I have, and I think just learning to be present in everything. Um, yeah. And then the teaching just evolves like even week to week sometimes. Like I, I used to get so nervous. Like I, I still do. I still get there like an hour early because I have to get in my right frame of mind, not my crazy mind of trying to get there. And I like to get set up. I have a little, I make sure everything's vacuumed. I want people to walk into an experience, I guess. And I don't want them to see stuff on the carpet. I'm, I know I'm strange. Um, I like the blocks to be all sitting up. I don't know. It's, it's a thing I do. And then I like to run through my sequence. And I, I used to really stick to it. But now I kind of, I have a plan. I run through it. Um, and sometimes I forget things. And then I leave it out. And I'm like, shoot, I forgot I wanted to do that. Or I add things or I see what they're doing. and. Um, Mm-hmm. I feel like they need this at that time. And I've been able, like, I do teach off mat. Um, I do, I do do a lot of demonstrating, but I know this week I've really been able, especially taking over Jamie's classes or, you know, subbing for her. I've been able to like step back and just call the poses, which is really nice because you see so much more and I have so much more opportunity to stop people. And I think the the, the pose that I don't see a lot is the halfway lift or, you know, straight back and, or flat back. And I noticed still people are a lot rounded. So I was able to kind of call attention to that and I'll even hold that. Um, mm-hmm. Little things like that, that I, that, that that's really good. And I don't, and I want people to feel what I'm feeling like in the pose, like in and, and poses change, like they evolve all the time. If you feel more things and you can just look at somebody and know that they're not, they're not feeling the pose. And I, and I, don't want them to miss that opportunity, but you know, it's, it's, it's hard to get that point across and, um, you know, I guess express that, but you know, we can try. Um, and, and, and then, and, you know, that the halfway lift is such a throwaway and I love the, the heated studio in Brexville, the shape of it provides such an opportunity to stand in the back and watch people in front of you. Yeah. And despite all of us saying verbally cueing for a halfway lift sometimes we'll say flat back or flat ish back or draw your shoulder blades toward each other you realize that things are so rote sometimes that people don't even hear and so if you just can place your hand or draw attention to it it does change everything so it's so nice to be able to try and get back to some hands-on or or cueing you know pointing out if not touching that that we sort of let go during covid because that's such a it's such a big, that halfway lift is a big part of a vinyasa yoga practice. And to think everybody's just sort of like doing a big, like a uh, uh, thriller zombie lift, you know, with right, their back right. and their arms instead yeah, of making that. it a nice pose between the poses. Well, and it preps your back for wherever you're going next, whether, and that's usually a high plank or a down dog, but like, it's the same, same flat back and high plank, same flat back and low plank. Mm-hmm. And it's not, and I think so- it provides a, it's like a space again for the breath in the body. It's like, oh, yes. there's space again now. Yes. And then yeah, it's the same that. flat back as down dog. It's just that you're on a diagonal line and down dog, you know, and it, but you're right, Mary Beth, like it creates so much space. That it, 
It's and it's yeah, it's one of those transitional poses that is so key. What were you saying, Amanda? I just think sometimes we're so quick to move on to like the next progression that if we would just stay where we are and feel what we're supposed to feel, like a side plank pose is another one that I've noticed like the last couple of weeks that everyone wants to lift that leg and you know, mm-hmm. and, but then you look and they're you know they're they're hinging, they're not even right. So today, like I thought today, I'm like, you know, squeeze your glutes, open your hip flexors, you know, because you're not even, I mean, that's, a, that's an oblique strengthening pose, mm-hmm. but if you're turning and you're hinging in your hips, you're not feeling it, mm-hmm. you should be feeling it. So, I mean, I love that I'm able to step back a little bit more. I'm getting more confident and I can watch more and see what people need. And, um, I mean, I can, like, if I'm not, if I'm not watching them, I'm calling to things that I do wrong. And I don't know if they're doing that wrong. Right. It's, it's different for everybody. I've been again in this, in the Brexville studio on Wednesday night where there's, I, I, for whatever reason, I walk around there more. And my teacher used to make getting into triangle pose, a multi-step process, right? So there was the hinge first and the hover before you drop the arms and to your point about the side plank, even like to draw the rib cage on top of the other rib cage, instead of just even worrying about the arms, like who cares about the arms at that point, right? Like lengthen and then the twist and then, okay, drop your arm and raise your arm if you'd like, but, or the stack. So anyway, so like yeah, so you're a great teacher in that way. Like in side plank, you know, I'm, this line should be mm-hmm. like this and not like that, mm-hmm. you know? And it's just like, knowing where you are, like taking a moment to actually feel where you're at in space is so just so globally healthy, you know? Yeah. And then just the practice too, like getting people to breathe. And when people are breathing together, there's such an energy and connection. And yeah, it's, a, and it's, I, I just finished the book um, breath by James Nestor and that, wow, what an eye opener that is. That was so such an interesting book and it helped with me kind of talk about breath during class too, which, I think everyone, everyone needs a breath practice, everybody. And I, I wish people knew the importance of it. Isn't it crazy when you read that book? I mean, I listened to it, but I yeah. wanted to stop like every two seconds and be like, I, have to, I need to write that down. <laughs> I need right, to write it. And I, I got the book and the audible. So I'm like really glad that I got both because listening to it too, I felt like I was in college again or like in a lecture. <laughs> that, was, yeah. that was really but, cool. But you were really, you were really into it, you know? Like, Interested yeah. this time. Yeah. Yeah. And, and trying, trying the breath practice. Well, I'm, I do, I listen to it while I'm driving. So like, then he's like, well, don't do this because you could faint. And I'm like, yeah, I better stop doing that. So I'm starting to get <laughs> the back of my neck and that's not good. But yeah. So yeah, I want to, I want to dive deep into some of these practices too. Joe actually found some online for us one morning when we were doing it. And that was kind of a combination of like all the breath practices in one practice, which was cool. I'll have to do that. I think it was the Hoffman. Oh, Hoffman, Wim Hof? I think Yeah. I think that Wim Hof. Yeah. Too. Guys yeah. love Wim Hof. Is Joe going to yeah. sit out in the snow in his in his boxers this winter? And do I'll, I'll I'll try to get him to do that. We'll see. If I do, I'll get video. I'll upload Please. it somewhere. <laughs> well, He'll do it for uh, for spending some time with Mary Beth and I. We don't have oh, to yeah, stop now, great. but I know that we're we're going on an hour and a half. <laughs> As I say, when I'm ending a class late, like um, if you have a life outside of yoga, it's whatever o'clock. So you have to go. But if you don't like stay a few more minutes. Every every Saturday morning that Mary Beth has a sub, I text her and I'm like, I have to get there on time today because 
<laughs> and then the power I reminded that, you since I was out of town, I was like, get to the studio on time because yep. whoever's up for me may end. And then the manner. The class that's coming in, they they get there early. So like when Mary Beth comes out, it's like you're met with a whole lobby full of anxious people. <laughs> like I need my and at least there is 30 minutes between that class. The right. one like on Wednesday night in Brexville, James has only 15 before his his yin. And um it's funny, Amanda, talking about getting ready for your class. I have one class that if you know, if you were planning on working on your your flow or getting into a little Zen state, man, I pull into the parking lot 35 minutes ahead and there's already a couple waiting. <laughs> so it's getting earlier and earlier. Yeah. Because yeah. people too like to get themselves in a state before class. In a yeah. Good state. Right. Well, Sometimes my down dog in the beginning of class feels terrible. So I have to get there and warm up my down dog before we start. <laughs> mm. Mary Beth I love text me your screen like, is moving. I can tell that one of your cats is like scratching yeah. their back. Yeah, Mary Beth will text me and be table. like, I, I just arrived 45 minutes early and I'm not the first one here. <laughs> oh, wow. Janitor James is still doing his thing often. He'll be on a ladder, fixing something, swishing a toilet. I make sure and point it out. <laughs> this is the glamorous life of being a business owner. You know that, Amanda, too. Oh, gosh. Yeah. I've been deep in toilets lately. <laughs> mm, nice. <laughs> are you Are you still cleaning all the time? Um, not as much as I was, but you know, people like to break handles. We lift a lot of weight at powerhouse and we can't control ourselves and we have to get a paper towel out or flush the toilet. So we, we have like to break slam. everything we touch. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What happens when you take paper towels out? Oh no, they, they have to beat the, the Comes levers. off the wall. So the levers. Yeah. The, they come up the wall, the levers break. Yeah. With constant replacement <laughs> at the powerhouse. Maybe there's there's where you could get famous. You can invent a fitness facility towel holders and toilet flushers. Yeah, yeah it could like have the Bosu ball front, and you have to like punch it to get the paper towel to come out. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Bye, Amanda Hatfield. Bye, guys. I mean, except Thank it was my idea. No, no, I'm saying by oh, and by Mary Beth Twerty, presented by Amanda Hatfield. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, somebody's got to do the work. I just came up with the idea. <laughs> yeah, I have no engineer background or in mechanics or anything, so I don't know how I would come up with that. Well, you don't have to. We can we can hire someone. <laughs> so Amanda's Joe and I went to the same grade school, St. Bartholomew. And while he's significantly younger, like certainly five years or so, right? Like Joe's not 50 yet. He will be. Okay. And I'm going to be 55, I think next birthday. So, but he jokingly tells people that, you know, we had a thing, but everybody knows that like an eighth grade girl is not going to know who a third grade boy is, but we tell people that anyway. So he remembers you. He does like older women. So. No, he didn't remember me. Once he knew, once he found out, I went to St. Bart's and we had so many mutual people in common because of, you know, siblings and, and everything, you know, friends of mine had younger siblings that Joe played football with or whatever. So we, we, we've, yeah, we're a lot of people. Yeah. We've constructed a whole fake history. Is that Joe that you're trying to get? He's, yeah, he's here. He's he, in he and out. He can't hear us though. That's probably, he's yeah, probably he like, what? Yeah. yeah. He can hear me. <laughs> Just tell him to start playing in the ficus tree and 
lay across your keyboard. He'll just fit right in. (laughs) Well, thanks again, Amanda. Uh, It's always nice spending time with you, but I appreciate you coming on to the podcast and, um, and talking to us for a while and you're welcome back anytime. And look, if, if you're local to us, look up when Amanda's classes are, cause they're really good. Yeah. One of my, one of my favorite teachers. Oh, thank you, Mary Beth. Be ready to balance. <laughs> yeah. I like, I love balance. So yeah. Well, thank you for well, having th- me on. It was fun. Thank you. Um, and well, what do I have to say now, Mary Beth, if you're, if you're, if you've made it this far, <laughs> like, Rate, no. yeah. like, rate, rate, review, tell review, your friends. Follow. follow. Oh, and tell your friends. Tell your friends. Threaten your <laughs> friends. Um, All right. We're done. 